which teams that were amongst the worst in the NFL last year will be breakout defenses in 2023? And on the other side, what about some of the top defenses that could regress in 2023 based on their DVOA rankings? Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those mailbag questions in at those Twitter handles or drop a comment on YouTube. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. If you want to be an everydayer, make sure you're subscribed up to the Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. And before we dive into the defenses of the NFL, Matt, welcome back. I hope you had yeah. a nice little uh, vacation in. Where were you, Hill? Hilton Head, uh, North Carolina. Is that where that is? Yeah, South Carolina. And so what we did, thank you, and thanks for holding down the fort while I was gone. Thanks to our guests. It made me realize, you know, we we need to do a better job of bringing some guests on. The Locked On Network is just loaded with talented people and talk about their teams. So maybe we'll do more of that going forward, these, you know, quiet weeks. But what we did was just a family vacation, the four of us drove from Pittsburgh to Hilton Head, which is a haul. It's like 11 hours, 12 hours. So we kind of called an audible, and to my son's credit, he's 16, he kind of came up with the idea. He's like, well, let's stop and visit some colleges. You know, my son is going into his junior year. My daughter's going to her sophomore year. They've both talked about going to schools in the South and getting out of the cold. Hope they don't, but whatever. And so we spent a night and checked out the University of South Carolina before we went to Hilton Head and it was beautiful and made me think, man, I wish I could go back to school. And then we spent a week at the beach at Hilton Head. And then on the way home, we meandered through coastal Carolina, East Carolina. We went, uh, checked out the Tar Heels at, at UNC, went to Virginia Tech. So we went up like the whole ACC, you know, landscape, checking out all these schools just informal trips, spend an hour on campus, get an ice cream cone, check it out, you know, go check out the fraternity houses and the, the, all the different landscape and all that kind of stuff. And of course, every football field that they had too was obviously on board and we had to buy a t-shirt for these guys at every stop, but we had a blast. So it's just good to be home. Uh, I, I could definitely see myself going, you know, Chapel Hill, oh, North Carolina. Those are awesome towns, really cool, like arts and music scenes as well in the, in those Big types time. of cities. So, yeah. Good luck cool. to the young Williamsons and uh, good luck to the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Williamson's future pocketbook, sending them to. <laughs> yeah, luck. some of them were really nice, you know, and probably not cheap. And I don't know if they can get in anyway. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. But it was cool. All right. And, that's fantastic. and again, it made me want to go back to school in a big way and go to a nicer school than the one I went to. So I know you're a big fan of the DVOA, the football outsiders rankings, and they do them every year. If you're unfamiliar with DVOA, that's the rankings we're going to use as our starting points from 2022 to take a look at the defenses and and we'll do offenses on tomorrow's show here. What look at the bottom third of the league, basically defensively and, and and pick which teams we think might have a, the best opportunity to climb out of that bottom third defensively in the NFL. And then look at the top teams and, and maybe poke some holes in some teams and, you know, which teams could regress a little bit in 2023. And then tomorrow we'll do the same thing 
offensively. Just for those of you who don't know much about DVOA from Football Outsiders, footballoutsiders.com. And uh, basically the short version here, their methodology is they evaluate teams, units, and players, and they spit out a DVOA ranking, which is value above, uh, value over average is, is what it stands for. Um, takes every single play during an NFL season and compares each one to a league average baseline based on the situation. So DVOA measures not just yardage, but yardage towards a first down. Five mm-hmm. yards on a third and four is worth more than uh, a first and 10 because you get a first down from it. And, you know, much more than than five yards on a third and 12, right? So if you dump off a pass and right. then you put, that's not as valuable as if you got yourself a first down with those same five yards on third down. Red zone plays are worth more than other plays because they score you points. Performance is also adjusted for the quality of the opponent. And it spits out a, a percentage number. So, Basically, if a team has 10% DVOA, that's 10% better than average. If it's negative 20%, that's 20% worse than average. And since it's positive and negative, that means on defense, negative is better because that means you're uh, allowing 20% you know, less than average for your opponent. So uh, negative is good on negative defense. Is good. Yeah. Positive is good on offense. So I always like to pull back the curtain. And I like to steal from others. You know, I spent a lot of th- our family spent way too much time in our Volkswagen SUV. Got a little smelly. We got on each other's nerves traveling all over the East Coast. But we had some stints where everybody just put their 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 earphones on. And Dad, who was drove the whole way, said, "I'm listening to podcasts. Leave me alone." So as usual, I listened to Bucky and DJ on, on their Move the Sticks podcast, and they had this exact same idea. And what they did was the bottom ten just the bottom 10 of offense and defense, but they didn't use DVOA. They used points allowed or points scored for offense. And I thought that's cool, but I'm not going to hundred percent steal off their paper. Let's make it DVOA because for example, the Colts defense gave up some of the most points in the league, but because they were on the field all the time, it wasn't a bad offense, you know, like by DVOA, the Colts are 14th last year, you know, their defense was, Fine. That was not their problem. It was the offense always just three and out turnovers, putting them on the field. So you look at the Colts D and be like, ah, they'll probably rebound. Well, they're not really rebounding from being bad. There would be rebounding from being average. So that's why I wanted to go with DVOA. And so when you look at DVOA here, the the worst team in the NFL, let's start there. (laughs) Yeah, really bad. The Chicago Bears had the first pick in the draft for a reason last year. And their uh, their DVOA was 17.9% on defense, which means uh, they were 17.9% worse than average. So that's that's versus what the average team was last year. Now, when you consider what they were behind the top defense in the league, which was the 49ers, and again, negative is good for defense. So the 49ers were negative 14.1% uh, on defense last year, which means that's just a massive gap, right? That's uh, massive. That, Per play, per play, we're talking. So they are that much worse per play than the best defense in the NFL. And I'm going to start with, I'm going to nominate the Bears first, Matt, here, because first of all, it's a little cheating because no, 31 else. this year, you know, like right, 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 right. worse than the worst, right? You can't get worse than 32 in the NFL. So I think they can climb up the rankings here. Can they be somewhat close to league average? And I, and I think the offense can help them out quite a bit because the offense will get a lot better, I think, this year. Year three, four, 
Justin Fields. He hadn't really broken out for the first half of last year anyway. So just if you just took another 17-game clip with more talent in just the second half, Justin Fields, and had a full year of that, I think everyone's better on both sides of the ball. So that's why I'm projecting such a jump, and that's if he doesn't get better. And I'm projecting Justin Fields actually gets better too because he's going to have better playmakers around him. And so I'm really excited for what the Bears can be. And I don't think they're going to go win the Super Bowl or anything in 2023, but they're just not going to be the worst team in the NFL. They've got too much talent now. Um, I don't. I think the offense has more to gain than the defense does, but obviously these things go hand in hand. And so I expect the Bears to be not 32 on defense and maybe even climb toward average in 2023. Yeah, and these bottom 10 that we're going to kind of just roll over, we're not saying they're going to be a top five. You know, we're like, who's most likely to improve? Who's most likely to get out of the doldrums? So the Bears have nowhere to go but up. I mean, not only are they last, you kind of mentioned this, they're 5% worse just under that than the 31st best defense last year. So they're a distant last, and they're even well – this is going to be terrible English. They're they're well more below average than your Niners are well above average. You know what I mean? Like they're, they stand out as an outlier, terrible, terrible. They also traded Roquan and, and Robert Quinn as the season went on. And the, the end of the year was not pretty for this group. So there's nowhere to go, but up. And it's our first show back, but I think you and I differ on the bears a little bit. Not that <laughs> I was not go ahead. I kind of have a feeling what you're going to say because I, yeah. I was going to throw a caveat out there and I did say their offense has a, a better chance to improve and we'll talk about their offense, I'm sure, on tomorrow's show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm still worried about the pass rush. Like, the team is still incomplete. Like, the, this Bears rebuild is not done. They have, they have tons of resources next year to continue that. Um, you know, they, they brought in... Um, Edmonds at linebackers yeah. and, and I like the way their secondary is starting to, to become formed, but up front on the defensive line, you know, that that's where they still need the biggest improvement. And, and that's where they still haven't, they, they don't have the horses yet, especially those edge pass rushers. A hundred percent agree. And again, I mean, Rome wasn't built in the day. This was the worst team in the league. They earned the first pick in the draft. They traded it, of course. But I approve of what they've done since then. I mean, this offseason was, let's rebuild the offensive line. Let's trade for DJ Moore. Make Fields' life as, as, as easy as possible. But to some degree, in turn, they neglected still the defense. Like, I still think this defense is going to be not 32, but probably at bottom 10 units still. And that'll be next year's project. Good. I mean, that's a way to do it. Yep. And so they're going to have to out outscore some folks. And then if mm-hmm. they fix their defense. Control the football, add, as you well, mentioned. Uh, like just one dynamic edge rusher would do so much like like the bears i I would love to see the bears swing a trade for chase young or something yeah right right give them a third round pick right because they could pay him too and you know right i hear you uh what who would you like to nominate as a defense that actually hold on let's wait on this let's go to break and then we'll scroll through him a little bit maybe there's uh i think a lot easier to find the defenses that could improve i think it's a lot easier to be optimistic at this point of the season right all 32 teams think they got better on both sides of the ball Mm -hmm. Uh, and we'll see matt which ones you think actually uh, are going to turn out that way next Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It is America's number one sportsbook. Baseball season's in full swing. There's no better place to get in on all that action every day, all summer long, than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, on America's number one sportsbook, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to 
$1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. And of course, I mean, I, I love baseball. Baseball was my number one sport growing up. I, I'm still a fan more so. You know, I'm an, I, I see myself as an analyst and a broadcaster and a journalist and a professional as it becomes as it comes to football. So I'm less of a fan than, than I once was. But baseball, I'm still a baseball fan. I love baseball. I still play, you know, in, in uh, baseball, beer leagues and, and, and softball leagues. It's so much fun. So I love betting on baseball all year long. Uh, but if if you don't want to bet on baseball, every single sport, the, the NBA draft just happened. There was draft props. There's M- NBA futures already, even though the season just ended. Same with the NHL. And, of course, tons of ways to bet on the NFL, this being an NFL podcast, unlimited ways to bet on future rookies of the year. I mean, we got weekly lines all the way through week 17 already at FanDuel. Right. So don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, Matt. So um, it's time for you to nominate some teams here that will uh, improve, potentially be breakout defenses. Are there any defenses you see that could jump not only from bottom third to, to average, but maybe bottom third to top third in the league? We're starting with the hardest of the categories, to be honest with you, because these bottom 10, and maybe I'll just scroll the names here because I'm sure everyone's not looking at DVOA or knows it like the back of their hand. (laughs) You know, so again, the Bears were worst. Vegas was 31, Atlanta 30, and then the next ones were the Giants, Lions, Vikings, Jags, Panthers, Cardinals, Browns. So those were the worst 10. And one thing I wanted to do was – to shout out to football outsiders. They do a great job of really breaking down injuries for a season. You know, how many snaps did you miss and how, what quality of injuries were missed? So there were two teams on this list that were hit hard defensively by injuries. So that would immediately make you think I'll probably have better injury luck next year. And that was the Browns who's cheating a little bit because they had the best grade of the bottom 10 and the giants. But the Browns also, as you like to bring up, and I couldn't agree more, went out and got a lot of fun edge rushers in a variety. So Miles Garrett's life should get a little easier and, you know, pull back the curtain. I think I'm going to pick him for defensive MVP this year. Mm. A lot of their linebackers should be healthier. And the Giants were the other team that was hit hard by injuries, Browns and Giants. And I think those two leap off the page of the bottom 10 Giants, you know, a guy like Thibodeau could take a big step in his his second season. They drafted a corner in the first round, Banks. So they both were hit hard by injuries. They both did good things in the offseason. So the Browns and Giants, to me, stand out among this group of should at least get the average or better. I like both of those. In, in, okay. in a way, just by replaying the season, should have better luck plus yeah. some natural progression in, in you know, their own young players improving or, you know, outside free agents um, coming in and making an impact for their football teams. So, mm-hmm. so that's, yeah, that, that makes it a lot easier to see. Like, look, they just, they just had, had some bad luck and that's going to regress on its own already. Yep. So on the flip side of that, I'm sure there's some people going, boy, the Jags should not be the 26th best defense next year. They've been drafting guys left and right. And I think they'll probably get better than 26. But they were incredibly fortunate with injuries. So maybe we should pump the brakes a little on this Jags young defense taking steps forward because they're probably going to have worse injury luck next year. 
Yeah. And, and then you have, you have to ask yourself the question, well, why, even though they've had all this young talent on that side of the ball, why mm -hmm. have they not been great? Has the talent not right. been there? Is it, you know, the scheme maybe not great on defense because the offense took a huge step already last year. So you can't blame the yeah. offense on the defense being, you know, in bad positions every game. So that is interesting. And, and if they, even if they progress a little on the field and then regress with injuries and they're back in the same spot again, anyway. Yeah. Right. Like I expect Lloyd and Walker and those guys to be, you know, they drafted defense heavy last year and they should be good. You know I mean? I think all, I like all those players, but I don't love the, you know, the stats that I'm staring at that they were 26 last year. And I think they were the second healthiest defense. So Mm, I mean, they'll probably be better than 26. Like we probably can agree on that. And it doesn't take into account their schedule. They do play an easy schedule, um, but that's a little concerning. Those are two red flags to me. And it should be pointed out that there's not a huge, after the, the worst, like four or five defenses, there's not a mm -hmm. huge difference in the next five. Good point. Good point. Defenses. The bottom um, four were clearly the bottom four. Yes, yes. And one of those was Atlanta and Detroit was just out that bottom four. I think we have to mention those two teams because they did some nice things in the off season. You know, like the lot, I'm a big believer that secondaries don't have to have Dion and Ronnie lot in them, but they also can't have holes. And I think the lions now have a secondary that is at least solid. You know, I, it doesn't have glaring weaknesses. The lions was going to be the, the, the last team that I was going okay. to nominate here uh, because Again, better second half than first half. So yep, whatever they yep. figured out last year, and I, I've given them, and look, Lions fans have been mad at us, Matt, um, this offseason because of some things we've said yeah. about them and you know draft strategy. So long-term strategy, I have some problems with some things they did. But short-term, they have you know one-year deals with some guys in the secondary. They're going to be better, and they were already playing better at the end of last year. So in the short-term, defensively, I think they're an obvious team where if they just played a full season – uh, like they played the end of the season last year, they're going to be a lot better on defense. I tend to agree. And again, I wanted to throw Atlanta out there. They added Calais Campbell and Bates and Nakuda. And, you know, they, they spent some money on defense after kind of ignoring it the year before. So maybe that's a little bit better as well. Uh, one more note here, looking at the defensive DVOAs. Are you surprised that Houston was kind of closer to average on defense than... Uh, yeah. The, I thought they'd be rock bottom. Right. Being, being a team that earns the, what, the second pick in the draft, they should have had the first pick in the draft if we're being honest with each other. And they went out and, and traded up and, and got the best defensive player in this draft too, and Will Anderson. So uh, interesting yeah. one in Houston, bringing in D'Amico Ryans to run that defense. Maybe this is a team that's going to be defense driven and be a little bit better than we expect on that side of the ball next year. And as you well know, a defensive minded head coach that knows a thing or two. So yeah. I, I look at their, I mean, maybe I'm wrong because I look at their offseason and think, boy, they really concentrate on offense, some respectable receivers built around, you know, the young quarterback and defense will be next year's project. Not to the degree of the Bears, but along those lines. But maybe it's better suited than I thought. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. So next, let's talk, Matt, about the top defenses from the NFL this last year, according to DVOA. And I'll, and I'll list the top 10 right now. And then next, we'll pick some that they might have an opportunity to regress in 2023. It starts with the San Francisco 49ers, the number one defense, according to DVOA at Football Outsiders. Number two is the Dallas Cowboys, then the New England Patriots, three followed by Buffalo Bills, New York Jets, six was the Philadelphia Eagles, seven, Baltimore Ravens, then the New Orleans Saints, Washington, 
Denver and Cincinnati. So which one of those teams might take a little bit of a tumble down those rankings in 2023 next? Thanks once again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We appreciate you everydayers so much. Be an everydayer with us. We're talking football even in the dead season of the NFL as we approach 2023. Find us on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. All right. Uh, and just outside of that was the Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt, by the way. Yeah, they yeah. were just uh, just inside the top third of the league in uh, in defensive DVOA in 2022. So, uh, I, look, I covered the 49ers, and they went out and got the best defensive free agent on the market to go sure. with the already best defense in the league in Javon Hargrave. And the, the one thing I will say about the 49ers, they have so many stars – and we've seen what the Los Angeles Rams looked like. They went and won a Super Bowl, and then things kind of fell apart with that Stars and Scrubs roster build. The 49ers have done a lot better drafting late-round picks to supplement the rest of their roster, but they are starting to teeter closer to that Stars and Scrubs and have some older players and some very expensive players. Could that fall apart in future years? Possibly, especially as they try to figure out what's going on at quarterback. But, man... Um, I really like the 49ers defense and it's, it's hard for me to project them to fall down a lot. You know, you know, maybe if they are top three, but not top one, top five, but not top one, maybe, but it's hard to see the, you know, without injuries, uh, the, the 49ers defense tumbling down to mediocrity. So I, I think you answered this just now, but if I made you put a bet down, will the Niners be a top five DVOA? Will they be in the top five on this list next year? You would say yes, right? I would say yes. I will say, though, uh, one is lofty. (laughs) Jimmy Garoppolo of the 49ers had gotten so much credit, you know, quarterback wins and his record as uh, as the 49ers starting quarterback. Well, I think actually Nick Bosa's record is actually better than Jimmy Garoppolo's. So when when Mm. Nick Bosa, the moment he stepped on the field for the 49ers, he was ready to go as a rookie 2019. They went to the Super Bowl that year. They were drafting second. Uh, I think Nick Bosa is the most important player on that team. If he misses time, um, that's where you start to get a little bit worried about the the, the 49ers on defense. It's so important. Sure. Up, but I love the Hargrave edition, and I would put money that they're still top five this year. Sure. And, and we always bring it back to our teams. But when T.J. Watt was out, the Steelers' defense was ridiculously different than when he was in. Bosa's mm-hmm. that same guy. You know, I mean, Micah Parsons, you know, Miles Garrett. I mean, those guys are that important. And I think you said that well. I think he's the most important niner. Doesn't matter who their quarterback is, you know, or yeah. McCaffrey or any of those guys, you know, right? Dallas is too. They've got Micah Parsons, who's yeah. you know, focusing even more on being a pure edge rusher. And they got better on defense too. So, I you know. know, I mean, it's hard for me to say the Dallas Cowboys could go anywhere. So a couple notes here. I always talk about this time of the year is eternal optimism. So I think it's harder to do the second half of the podcast than the first to say one of these is going to get worse. Cause we all like everybody else think, well, well, they drafted a guy in the first round and you know, no one's going to get worse and everybody's a return from injury and, you know, eternal optimism, things to get better. But I do think there's some interesting nuggets here and it goes back to injuries and, Four teams in the top 10 were hit pretty hard by injuries on defense. Your Niners, Denver was crushed, Baltimore, and the Bills. You know, the Bills had safety issues. Von Miller missed a lot of time. So you would think chances are those guys will have better injury luck. Bills, Ravens, Broncos, Niners. 
And then there's only a couple that were super healthy, but one of them was the Jets. The Jets were the second healthiest defense in the whole league last year. New England had really good health luck on defense. And just outside the top 10, the Bengals did as well. So maybe those are the teams you kind of pigeonhole to say, maybe the Jets, Patriots, Bengals could go back a little just because injuries are due to set in on them. In the number three team, the Patriots, it's just, you know, with when, when Bill Belichick's on that side of the ball, it's just, you know, no matter how bad personnel might get or how weird things are there. Doesn't matter. You, you can't project the that a Bill Belichick defense is going to be bad. I know. I, I almost didn't want to bring them up because, like, that's the defense I want in fantasy. They, they don't have – they can withstand a Judon injury unlike a Watt or Bosa injury. They just have so many dudes – and they can do it any way you want. So I'm having a hard time looking at top 10 defenses going and they're one. going backwards. There's two that stand out. Who do you got? I've got one for you. It's the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. okay. And it's, it's because of a number of factors. They are, they're losing free agents. They lost Chauncey a lot of change. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. And, and that's it. It's change. Right? Okay. Yeah. Um, New linebacker. Gardner Johnson gone. Um, yeah. Linebackers. Um, Javon Hargrave, which was their, he was their best defensive lineman last year. Uh, mm-hmm. and, you, know, and you, you could, see, oh, yeah, I, I think just impacting run and pass, he was more impactful even than, um, than Hassan Reddick, who, who came off agreed, the edge and had yeah. a sacks last year, and he was really good, and they still have him. But, and then you lose your defensive coordinator as well. So the, the Philadelphia Eagles, they have their head coach, but they lost both coordinators, offensive and defensive side of the ball. So just, you know, a lot enough change in Philadelphia to make me say, okay, look, this team's still really good. They had a lot of draft picks, and they probably supplemented a lot of those losses. They're a little bit old at cornerback. You could see how this could fall off a little bit uh, as they wait for some of those younger players to um, to start producing at the level that because even you know it's just it's hard. Even if even uh, Jalen Carter is awesome, it's right. Still, he, you know, right, right, right. Is he going to be? Is he going to be 2022 Javon Hargrave out of the gate week one? It's hard to say that. And the other thing with the Eagles, which applies for DVOA, is they were always, always, always playing with the lead. Like, are they going to have 70 sacks next year? They may lead the league, but it might be 52. You know, it still might be a really good number, but they're not going to have a point. They were already going to regress in sacks because their their sack percentage was ridiculous. What their pressure rate was. Yeah, it was already just stupid and not sustainable. As good as they are. So I don't think they're going to be terrible on defense, but, you know, might they drop from 6 to 13? Yeah, right, right. Makes sense. A lot of change. Probably won't be playing with this crazy lead. Sack numbers should go down. Um, The two that I was going to throw out are – the Saints, you know, I think that's a good D, but I don't consider them a top-notch D. And maybe Cameron Jordan starts to show age or whatever. You know, it's not the deepest team. And the Ravens, you know, I pay more attention to the AFC North than the other divisions, of course. And when I really broke down the Ravens this offseason, their defensive front isn't very good. You know, like it's they're, they're counting on Owe and Ajabo and guys like that to take a huge step forward. And maybe they will, but their, their back seven's good. Their defensive line is not very Raven-like. The Ravens were one of the surprising teams on this list, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, I'm shocked. They were that good last year defensively um, because a lot of things went wrong because they were hurt so much. What if they're more healthy this year? I thought right. they're going to be a team like, oh, they're going to be a little bit better because you're going to get um, – you know, you're going to get some of those young pass rushers that develop and, and start playing a little better. You're going to be less uh, injured and you have a mm-hmm. full season 
of some of the players you added midseason, the trade like deadline. Roquan, Those, right, right. Right, yeah, yeah, full yeah. season Roquan. And, um, but they're already ranked pretty high. So, you know, at best, I think they kind of hold serve there. So I think that's a good one for some regression just because they were already so high and, and maybe surprisingly high for me. Yeah, and again, I'm having a hard time looking at some of these going, boy, they're going to go backwards because they are – Pretty darn good, you know. I mean, I like it, Washington there as well. Yeah, I was thinking about because that because I don't. I still believe in Chase Young, and he's been so bad. You know, I mean, the late could or... like sort of re-break out for them, and like, okay, mm-hmm. now he's healthy, and then it goes crazy this year. I can totally see that happening for Chase Young at Washington. Uh, but uh, there's some good... area as well. But a weird I mean, vibe around Washington. I just, I just mm-hmm. feel like they're teetering on the edge of oh my god, okay, new new head coach, new everything. Let's start over. Yeah, yeah, new ownership. So, I think offense will be clearer, but the it, offense, uh, boy, I'm really citing football outsiders. Football outsiders has taught us offense is stickier year to year than defense is. There's a lot more variance in defense. So some of these, maybe it's your Niners, maybe it's the Bills, whoever, you know, the Eagles, we took on there, really good football teams probably are going to, you know, have more variance year to year than the offensive ones. But I think offense is going to be easier to predict who goes backwards than these defenses because these look like the top 10 defenses to me. Yeah, b- big plays on defense are so important. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stacks and and interceptions, and those are the two stats that are hardest to predict year after mm-hmm. year. You might have, you know, uh, that's why pressure rate is kind of better to look at for a defense than, than pure sack numbers because that tells yeah. you how often they're getting around the quarterback. And, and uh, I think that, you know, those sacks can kind of come in bunches and interceptions, you know, does a ball not get caught? Does it just get dropped? Does it get, you know, batted but not caught in the air? So there's mm-hmm. some flukiness to those numbers, and those are so impactful on a defense year to year so i think that's probably a big reason why yeah and what's funny is you of course i gotta bring the steelers up the steelers are 12 and they were much better with watt than not but along those lines about fluky stats how about this the steelers led the league in interceptions but recovered the fewest fumbles like that's not gonna happen again that's so weird you know what i mean like they'll probably be middle of the pack in both Right. Yeah, that is strange. And a lot of these things, it's like the, the, the middle is just pulling all these teams. Everybody's going to drag it in, like grab the it. Yeah. Thing about the NFL is it's chaos, you know, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a cop out to a conversation like this. But if you just played last year over, it would be completely different because completely different. Right. Insane. The ball is oblong. It bounces funny. The NFL is chaos and you'd have some consistencies in there. But um, yeah, the, the NFL is nuts. So guess what? Everything you think you know about the league. A year later, forget it. And you know what? Maybe even a month later, forget it. That's what's beautiful about it. It gives us something to talk about, you know? Absolutely. So with that said, tomorrow we're talking offenses. Which teams at the bottom could climb toward the top? And are there some top defenses in the NFL that could take a tumble and regress toward the middle in or even the bottom in 2023? Thanks, everybody, for making this your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.